4 o'clock football frenzy. Presented by Dustin DeHart of Nova Home Loans. Call him now at 702-577-2600. The 4 o'clock football frenzy on Cofield and Company. Company. It's been all about Adam today, so we'll continue to delve into his uh, workplace issues, his <laughs> methods. Are you going on the road for every game this year for the uh, Raiders? Uh, I believe that's the plan at this point. Okay. Yeah. Are you looking – you like going on the road. Love it, yeah. Yeah. You, you, lo- you love going on the road. Are you picky? I mean, you do have a lot of Marriott points. I know you're uh, like a, a boss with the Marriott points. Are you very picky now in terms of do you go in and complain about the room? No, no. Also, I don't have to listen. As a as somebody with such elite status, at Marriott, Steve, so ridiculous. It's it's like it is insane. Listen, they're always nice to you, but once you achieve, it was insane. Once you achieve status, how like over the top cool they are. Would they make sure your room is at sixty degrees? If you ask, I will. Right. No, it's not sixty. Okay. Pretty low. I, I think there's. A, I think, man, I feel like you go, like sixty six is about the coldest you could possibly do in a room. Uh, I think some some place you can go lower. No, you can. Yeah. I'm saying like to livable. Once, once it's below that, like I I'm all about cold. Yep. But sixty six to me is pretty cold on the AC. Uh, headline: Book reveals Bernie Sanders hotel demands king size beds and sixty degree rooms. And what what else? So, did you read the story? Uh, enough of it. There's literally nothing in this no. except that he wants an extra blanket in the room that has to be dark blue. Like, so I don't get that. I don't either. So that's a weird one. But, yeah, the story is about crazy Bernie uh, and the fact that when he goes on the road, he wants a king-size king bed. He wants a bathtub. All right. He wants that blanket that's blue, and he requires that his room be kept at 60 degrees. And it says here, even if it meant opening a window in winter or manually overriding the hotel's climate control system, they couldn't do it for him one time in California. And he goes, uh, quote, you don't want me to sleep tonight? <laughs> but in terms of diva stories, like... It's so minor. There, is, there are issues here, and I, I, you know, we, could, we could get to them. It's, this is so trying to make a story out of nothing, of... He likes a king size bed. All right, so do I. Now, the demanding part, a little, a little much. Like, I much prefer going back to my wonderful friends at Marriott. You, like, you can put in your preferences in, in the app. So as soon as you book, it's like, here's what he prefers. This is what he wants. Oh, really? Always, yeah. And it's always, always king size for sure. Uh, never first floor. I don't like to be on the first floor. Like, there's things like that. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. But guess what? Sometimes when you go on the road, especially when I'm traveling like to cover a game, I'm not arriving until super late at night. Sometimes like you get there and like, sir, I'm so sorry. Like we don't have, like we only have a first floor room for you. Is that is that okay? Or hey, all of our king size rooms are gone. Like double bed. All right, cool. Like I'll take whatever. Like yeah, I prefer a certain room, but if I don't get it, like it's whatever. So there is something to like if Bernie Sanders is like, it's not a king size. I'm out of here. Like all right, that that is obnoxious and over the top. Yeah. I get it, but we've seen people that have these riders all the time that are so out of control like the famous i only like i need a a bucket of five pounds of m&ms all green and then somebody has to sit there and sift through to find the green like those kind of things this is not that 
Now, the issue with this is Bernie Sanders is very much about climate change and into that. Oh, uh, yeah, you're that. right. Yeah. And if you're if you're going to you know, burn power and energy to the point where you need to keep a room at 60, that's much. But guess what? It's not. <laughs> I think every little bit of conservation helps. But I, I think cooling a room isn't really what's putting us over the top here. But, yes, every little bit helps. And so on that level, I would say that's a little bit of a problem to me. But it's again, it's not like he's saying, you know, we need to we need to burn off energy somewhere. Like we need to dump a bunch of fuel out in the in the water. Like it's not like that. So football writer during our football frenzy, Adam Hill and Bernie Sanders basically have the same requirements, except for the blue blanket. Well, also, I, I don't I don't know of a room where I can have sixty. Todd Gurley's on the road. Not sure how he likes his room or if he wants a blue blanket. Sure. He's visiting Detroit. Oh, boy. Why? Is this where we are in Todd Gurley's career, 26 years old? A Detroit visit? I was trying to think what – when I saw that he was visiting Detroit, I thought it didn't make sense. But I also was like, what does make sense for Todd Gurley? Oh, there, I mean, there's a story. We talked about it with Petro yesterday out of Kansas City. There was a story at ESPN.com, Bill Barnwell. That was his prediction that KC would pick up Gurley for like a million dollars. They even have, how do they even have a million dollars? There is no cap in Kansas City. That's true. Um, yeah, listen, running backs are what they are, and it really sucks for Todd Gurley, who for a time looked like he was going to be one of the greatest to ever play, uh, and to have injuries and, and wear and tear and then the, the body just having the toll taken on it that it did and arthritis at like 23 years old, like all those things, it just sucks. It's, it's so... Uh, unfortunate that 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 happened but we've seen it with running backs a lot and this is why running back deals are what they are and you know running backs are underpaid and under, undervalued because of of how they're treated but um, I just don't know where you know Todd Gurley was fine last year he wasn't you know he didn't hey, I, mean, his, fire. I mean his his numbers are down he's averaging like three and a half yards a, a carry his you know his reception yardage is down he still scores touchdowns he's had 21 touchdowns in the last two years so he's still yeah. a guy who can He's not a one, but, you know, if he's your backup and it's that cheap. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think if you're – I do think if you're a girl, you're probably going – you know, you're probably going somewhere where you can win, I would think. I mean, I don't know that anybody's going to pay a ton for him. You're probably going to get a similar deal no matter where you go. If somebody does want to overpay you or – I mean, overpay is not the right. If somebody does want to give you more money than other places would, then fine, go get that money. But I think at this point he's he's made a lot. He probably wants to go somewhere that's a contender and where it doesn't have to be a feature back. Uh, he probably wants to, but they don't want him to be, and there's some options, I guess. We're starting to see the number changes come in around the NFL. So Zay Jones from 12 to 7, yep. opening up the number for Aaron Rodgers. Sure. Uh, beyond that, what else have we seen? Uh, Cleef Earl went to 99. That's right, yep. Um, Isn't there like a paid element of this whole thing? Well, there, the paid element of this, and, you know, we talk – uh, we've talked a lot of times about guys that need to buy numbers. Like, hey, I want to switch to this number, but somebody's already wearing it. I have to pay them off and, or make some sort of contribution or something. Uh, but the, the, the real like contractual paid element uh, to jersey changes is that you either have to give a year notice. So, like, right now, if you're, you know, whoever, some, some random player that, uh, you know, wide receiver somewhere or something, if you want to change your number, you have to give a one-year notice to the NFL and say, all right, for 2022, I'm going to change my number. 
If not, if you say, I want to change it for this season, then you have to buy out all the existing supply of jerseys that are on the market. So you essentially have to just go through, find out how many jerseys are on the market, and buy them all so that you know they're not left with you know, old jerseys of your number and you're not seeing players change number like every year. Uh, so it, it makes a little bit of sense, but it's, it's also for some players, if they're a very popular player that have had a ton of numbers uh, made – I, I think it would be tough to make that move. Now, Jalen Smith for the Cowboys wanted number nine. First of all, he had to call. He wanted to call Tony Romo and make sure that was okay. He wanted to check with the organization and make sure it was okay. Uh, that is that is really respectful. It is to call Tony Romo. Sure, definitely is. But it, it was cool of him. I, I think. Would, I mean, I, I wasn't joking about the respectful part. I'm kind of joking that he called Tony Romo, who was a good but not great quarterback. Like, yeah, I'm getting your number. But I think for Jalen, yeah, not Roger Staubach. For Jalen Smith, though, I mean, as a younger guy, like Tony Romo is the Cowboys. All right. You know, I mean, it's not, Troy Aikman's not the Cowboys. Tony Romo's the Cowboys for for that guy okay. for like for most of his life. That was the quarterback, and so I you know I think it makes a little bit of sense that he would do that. Uh, Romo said it was cool. Jerry Jones said it was cool. Uh, but you are seeing a lot more jersey switches this year because a lot of jerseys opened up. So wide receivers now, tight ends now, and linebackers can wear single and secondary players can wear single digit jerseys which they never could before and so jalen smith is like yeah i want number nine that's that's my number i'm gonna go get it coming up curtis terry is gonna help us break down the lakers and the suns game coming up tonight at seven dustin dehart of nova home loans brings you the four o'clock football frenzy dial 702-577-2600 now home prices have never been higher and interest rates have never been lower get your mortgage tune up today by calling 577-2600 now back to cofield and company on espn las vegas Thursdays means the time to talk to uh, Curtis Terry, some NBA, some college basketball, of course, former running rebel right here with Cofield and company before any of that. For all the parents out there, I understand uh, the last couple days were big days because it was the end of the school year. I don't know what's going on for the summer. I'm really ignorant on the stuff. So Curtis, fill me in. What the heck is going on? Are you back in pandemic mode with the kids around? It, it kind of feels like it. Uh, yesterday was the last day of school here in Clark County School District. And so the kids are, today's their first day at home. My daughter slept in, which was awesome. My son was up at 6 a.m. still. I don't know why. Um, but uh, the kids are about to hop in the pool this afternoon um, and, and kind of burn off some of that energy. But it definitely feels like we're, we're kind of back to the to the pandemic of, of last year this time when everybody's at home and kind of going stir crazy. But this is only day one, so we'll see right, how it goes. Right. You, you sound beaten and bloodied already. <laughs> what do you guys have planned for the summer? Do you go on some vacations? Like, uh, God, I'm so old. I don't remember how my parents handled the summer. I, I feel like they wanted to just send me away for like three months, but they couldn't do that. Right. I know. I mean, I know typically I, I was I had a couple of older siblings, so they kind of were in charge of me. But I played a lot of sports, um, had a lot of AU tournaments and stuff like that. But uh, in a normal year, we probably would go on a big trip. Um, we usually every year about this time after school got out, we'd, we'd go to take the kids to Palm Springs, uh, just kind of get away. Um, but with the pandemic and not everything being completely open, we kind of made a pseudo trip. My daughter actually got Explorer of the Year at her school, which is Student of the Year for kindergarten. Oh wow! My son got my son got eight honor roll, so we kind of treated them. They could say well, either go camping, go to the beach, um, and of course the Terry kids we're not campers, so they chose to go to the <laughs> beach. So we're taking them to, we're taking them to San Diego. We got a VRBO on the beach, um, kind of playing the sand a little bit. We're going to take them to the San Diego Zoo and the Lego Land. So that's what the Terry's got planned here coming up here in about a week. Yeah, you're on the right show. Uh, the crew of Cofield and Company are not outdoorsmen. I mean, uh, we can barely operate inside. 
forget about uh, outside. It's a it's a complete mess. Uh, Curtis Terry is with us. So we get into a little basketball, a little NBA. Let's talk about last night first, and then we can look ahead to tonight on the schedule. We could have a hell of a series between the Knicks and the Hawks, but I also wonder if the Knicks, because a lot of it comes from the fans and the media, are just happy to be here. So do you think they're going to make this a long series? Or, hey, we accomplished getting a win for the first time in forever. We made the playoffs. Or will they have fight in them uh, you know, enough to, to win the series? Yeah, you know, it's going to be interesting because I know obviously last night uh, what, what they did in Madison Square Garden, you felt some of that energy come back and you could see them getting excited. The fans were getting into it and they went on a big run there late to kind of overtake Trey Young and the Hawks. Obviously, D Rose, shout out to D Rose. Like Kanye West said, he is nice. He played a heck of a game. Looks like D Rose from back from the Chicago Bulls days. Uh, but they're going to have to have him be able to do that every game as well as Julius Randle is going to have to get on board. They're going to have to get some more help consistently. Uh, but, but I think Trey Young is going to go to Atlanta um, and he's going to exercise those demons down there in the ATL. And I think they're going to come to play. And so it's going to be tough for the Knicks to get this. I think it was good that they got that feeling, that excitement, that emotion. Uh, but it's going to be tough for them to go on the road. And, and I think the worst thing they could do is start talking trash to Trey Young because I think that kid feeds on it. Right. Uh, your brother, Jason, played in the NBA for a long time. I, I don't know if you've ever had conversations about the behavior of some NBA fans. Uh, did you think the Knicks fans' chance at Trey Young – we're over the line, and do you also think it's a mistake for Trey to be egging him on, or is this all good fun? I, I think there's a time and place for all of it. I mean, the, the, them chanting Trey Young is balding. Now, I don't know to, to what extent if that's true or not. Um, I, I think I do have a better set of hair than, than that kid does, um, even, even at my age. Um, so I'm okay with, with the egging it on um, and, and the fans kind of getting in, into it. Uh, but I think there, you do draw that line to where there was somebody that spit on Trey Young. That's uncalled for. It's unacceptable. Yeah. Obviously, with what Russell Westbrook and the popcorn getting dumped on him, unacceptable as well. Because then that makes you think back to the to the malice at the palace and, and those types of events that are going to kind of take place. Um, I was even reading some stuff after after seeing what happened last night with Westbrook and Trey Young, where Vernon Maxwell ran up in the stands in Portland years back um, because someone made some choice words about his wife having a miscarriage. Um, and then obviously with your with your Jets, Sean Ellis there throwing a, ch- a chunk of ice up up in Seattle at, at a Seahawks fan. So, I mean, it, it's which way do you take it? If fans are allowed to do stuff, are players allowed to retaliate? Um, it's a very fine line, but I think as long as it's all good competitive nature, it's it's okay. But as soon as it starts to be personal and, and disrespectful, um, either physical or verbally, I think that's where the, the line has to be drawn. Curtis Terry is with us, Cofield and Company, NBA Talk, a little college basketball coming up. Man, John Moran is good. 47 points. Uh, I love the fact that he tried to dunk on 7-3 Gobert. He got rejected, but so what? He went for it. And now I kind of wonder what the story of the series is, though. The Jazz with Mitchell back are really good. They should make this a pretty easy series, right? Yeah, John Morant is, is ridiculous. He is very talented, uh, very athletic, and, and there's no fear in him. And you saw that last night when he challenged Gobert. Um, and then he comes down the, later in the game and still attacks the rim and, and gets a dunk and he catches a reverse lob. Uh, that's what he is. He motivates his team. He excites them. He brings the energy. But I think it's a situation where he's probably just going to be outmanned because with Donovan Mitchell back, the Jazz are just too good. They spaced the floor. They got too many shooters, too many guys to make plays. And the Grizzlies are taking steps, but they're just not quite there yet. Not enough talent on that team to help John Moran out. Man, the vibe around the Heat has just – it hasn't been there this year as compared to last year when they made the run to the finals, won the Eastern Conference. This series against the Bucks, which is back underway here in just a couple minutes, uh, Bam and Butler are way below their scoring average, like something like 14.5 uh, points per game under. 
where they normally are. Can you can you see something there that that's missing? You know, Hero isn't in the same role that he was. Like, what's going on with them? Well, you know, I think you got to give credit to, to Eric Spolster and the Heat. I think what they did in the bubble um, last year in the playoffs that um, opened everybody's eyes and showed what that team could be. But also it was a controlled environment. I mean, they could really control how things played out, um, the minutes that guys were going to play. There wasn't the exterior factors that were coming into that. And then this year, you know, Jimmy, Jimmy Butler missed a ton of games because of COVID. Um, they had quite a few guys. They didn't have their natural rotation in terms of guys being able to build that chemistry. Bam Adebayo, as good as he, he was all season and last year, not quite the same but then also you got to you got to give credit to who they're playing i mean the milwaukee bucks have have gone in the last playoffs last two years expected to get to the finals haven't made it there and i think that they're a much better team with than they are uh, previously now with drew holiday running the show and the things that he brings being able to take some of that pressure off Giannis. so as bad as the heat have been i think it's got a lot to do in this specific series with milwaukee bucks and in just the style of playing the game plan that they have because they're not going to be denied at least in this round Lakers-Suns game three is on the way. So they win game two. They had to hold off the Suns at the end. And I kind of feel like the media is in this, you know, hey, the Lakers are in the driver's seat. It's going to be an easy win the rest of the way. Uh, Is that because of the Lakers and those are the expectations? Or is it because we're seeing CP3 play at, you know, 50, 60 percent? What do you think? Oh, you got to give again. You got to give credit to the Lakers. Give credit to LeBron. You don't ever want to give him any bulletin board material, even though he's probably going to be the one to give the bulletin board material. Uh, but I don't think that they've been playing up to the level that everybody has expected. Obviously, they had the long layoff for both LeBron and AD with their injuries. Um, they're starting to come around now. LeBron's still going to be LeBron, but that team doesn't look as sharp and as crisp as you would hope going into the playoffs. Now, on the flip side. With the Suns, when Chris Paul is healthy, they're one of the best teams in the league. They proved that on the course of the season. But when Chris Paul gets banged up, which he showed he does from time to time in the playoffs this time of year, without him, they're a different team. And I just don't think they have the experience. They don't have enough playmakers and just kind of the grit and the resolve as a group collectively to overcome Chris Paul being out. So hopefully he's able to give everything he can and they can balance and juggle lineups and minutes uh, because without him, they're not the same team. But again, you got to come to play. And and regardless of how you get there or when you get there, um, LeBron may need that kind of break of Chris Paul going down to be able to extend this series to get to the next one for them to continue to get rolling and kind of get that chemistry built back up with AD. What do you think of this Nuggets-Portland series? Now tied at one, uh, Nuggets bounce back from the the loss in game one. The Nuggets are a really interesting team without Jamal Murray. I mean, now you're seeing kind of why Jokic was the lead candidate for MVP. He's not surrounded by... A whole lot. I mean, I mean, really, there is no, there's no second weapon here. What do you think of this series? I think this is going to be the best series in the first round, uh, just in terms of both teams here. What Dame Lillard is going to bring to the table? Obviously, he's going to have to have some help. Melo's going to have to step up and give them some something. Uh, Covington's going to have to be more of a factor. Going to have to step up and knock down some shots from the outside, like he did with his time with the Rockets. Uh, but the Joker is going to be the one leading this charge. Now, obviously, with Jamal Murray out, they're not the same team, not the same dynamic. He has to take on more responsibility. Uh, but I think this is going to be one that it might go six or seven. It might go all the way down to the wire just because I think these teams are evenly matched with where they are right now. And I think this Nuggets team has learned over the course, course of the years under Mike Malone how to play and how to be tough um, because that's kind of been his style, his M.O. as a head coach in the NBA. Clippers back tomorrow. Boy, it doesn't look good. What do they do defensively to slow down Luka? I mean, they've tried everything. They've gone with, you know, small, gritty guard. They've gone with multiple wings who can guard small and big and George and Kawhi, and nothing's happening. And Luka seems to be kind of playing off the energy. I mean, he is fired up in the series. He 
freaking shredded him in the last game for 39. Yeah, Luka Magic, right? I mean, Luka's doing his thing. He's playing well. I think this is what Mark Cuban and the Mavericks expected from him in terms of coming into the league, and now he's just starting to blossom and get more comfortable and get more confidence. But I think if you're Clippers fans, Clipper Nation, yeah, you've got to be concerned and worried about what's what's coming on the horizon for this team because it's going to be two years in a row. If they don't pull this out, uh, it, it's going to be rocky. And you already made a coaching change last year. You're going to make another – if you're going to turn and make another one, obviously at some point it's not the coaches, it's the players. Uh, but I think Kawhi Leonard is going to have to be the one to, to kind of take on his claw mentality like he used to have with the San Antonio Spurs and take this – personal challenge to stop Luka and allow other guys to maybe to lead the scoring charge with with that being Paul George and Kawhi looking to pick and choose his spots because he's going to have to be the one to step up and try to shut down Luka Doncic and if not man the Mavericks are going to be moving on then who knows what's going to happen with them if they can get hot and get rolling let's close on a little college basketball where uh, late May I mean the game has changed in the offseason there's always something going on and it's it still strikes me it's just so weird Curtis and we're talking to Curtis Terry who played at UNLV and calls the games now for the runner rebel, it's so weird to me that there are still good players available in the transfer portal. Arguably, the number one transfer available is Marcus Carr, who's an outstanding point guard who's leaving Minnesota. Uh, by the way, Bryce Hamilton on one list I've seen from uh, Stadium and Jeff Goodman is the number fifty transfer in the transfer portal. How crazy is that in terms of the players who are available? The screwy thing here is the guys who are testing the draft. You know, it just hit me. The draft is a month later. Traditionally, it's at the end of June. These players, Curtis, have until July 7th to pull out of the NBA draft if they want to go back to college. I mean, I guess it it forces just about every program to have some room, some flexibility for their roster in the middle of the summer. Yeah, and we were talking about this with Kevin Kruger, what he's going to do with those scholarships. He can have them in his back pocket to see kind of what happens, what transpires. Because I was taking a look at it the other day, actually, in terms of doing some NBA draft prep stuff. And um, I thought I was I was reading it wrong when I saw that the draft was in July. Yeah, July 29th. Oh, wait, wait, no. And then the draft combine is, I think, June 21st um, or something or, or of that week, that second to last week in June. And so for these guys to be able to wait that long to make these decisions, obviously they're going to go through the process. Um, if they put their name in, they're going to try to go to the combine, get their workouts, get in front of these these executives, these GMs who make the decisions. But then you're looking at where this is typically July, mid-July is where guys are usually a month, two months in the summer school. They're building that camaraderie with their team. They're trying to get that cohesion and that chemistry as they get ready to roll into practices starting in September um, unofficially and then officially in October. So you're talking about plugging somebody in that late in the process. And especially if you look at like UNLV here in this group, they've already got 10 new faces that are going to be coming in. And then if you try to bring another guy and kind of plug him back in, and if, for example, if it's Bryce Hamilton, someone who had a big role previously, how is that going to align with the other guys that are here and committed to it from the start? So I think it's just going to, it's going to create a lot more drama. You're starting to see that a lot of college coaches on both sides, the men's and the women's um, are, are coming out with comments about the portal, how it's getting out of control. Gino Oriema made a comment about how it's getting out of control. Um, and so I think it's only a matter of time before they kind of try to put the grasp on this thing and try to put some more restrictions on how it's going to operate. Because I think this year just shows it's going to be a free for all. And it's going to be more like NBA free agency than anything else. All right, Curtis. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks, Steve. We'll see you. There he is, Curtis Terry, former UNLV basketball player, voice of the Rebels, along with John Sandler on the radio side. The Fat Pack is coming up. little case of deja vu. We got another groundbreaking chicken sandwich to talk about. Anytime the Golden Knights are on TV, watch the game at the William Hill Sportsbook inside Silver 7s and grab your 77-cent Bud Light bottles. 
We don't mess around when it comes to food. It's the Fat Pack, brought to you by Nova Home Loans. And there's wine already for tasting, and there's Cadillacs all shiny and new. Fat Pack on a Thursday. Always something to get to. Last couple days we've been talking about the saga of uh, Ari and his microwave. We'll move on. We'll get an update tomorrow on what he's going to do to heat food up if he's figured it out, if he's bought a microwave. I don't know what the hell's going on. I'm not sure. I do know here at the Sterling Spoon Cafe, if you're a member of A-Play, they've got a spaghetti feast that they do on uh, Tuesdays from noon to 2. 377 for a plate of spaghetti and meatballs. Let's do it. Things are opening up, baby. Things are opening up. Now, I don't know if the cafe has a chicken sandwich on the menu. I think everyone has one. You now. have to now. It's, it's a must. We've talked about our frustration, yet we love talking about it, uh, with big chicken, like big tobacco. Big chicken. Always working us. Last year... Really, even into this year, were the, I believe, orchestrated fast food wars where they would release their own chicken sandwich like every, you know, each one would release a new chicken sandwich like every month. And uh, was the Popeye's chicken sandwich worth waiting in line? Was it worth rioting over? Yes, there's no discussion on that. Yeah, yeah, of course it was. Sure. Uh, I got in the mix. I found secret places. I would buy 10 at a time. It was one of the more exciting periods of my life chronicling the craziness are they trying to replicate what what turned out to be a very special summer of 2020 i think i mean i think they're definitely trying to replicate it but they may beat it wait a second what now with with? so they're going with the blackened chicken which I think people feel different ways about you know blackening of food. I mean, it's like, well, but it is Popeyes. So if you're going to cage, sure. you're going to cage and spice, you're going to cage and blacken up a chicken. That does match what they do. If anyone else tried to do this, it'd be shaky. I heard it listed uh, as being a trashy way of cooking food, Steve. Oh, is that right? A, yes. I <laughs> will say, I had a steak one time that was blackened. It was the hottest, most inedible piece of meat. Like, I don't throw out food. I will eat it no matter what. And I, I, it was rough. Heavily, so, heavily charred and blackened. Spicy. Yeah. So they're going blackened chicken. Okay. Um, they have had blackened chicken nuggets. Is that right? fingers on the menu. Fingers, too? Forever. Okay. I think it's fingers, not, not nuggets. That's how it's... it's yeah, I, don't th- I don't know clarified. if they do nuggets. Um. And here's the thing. I have had them because from what I have been able to gather and, and ascertain reading, it's like the only menu item at any fast food place that you can order uh, without any modification, and it's zero carb. Because the way they cook it, there's like nothing on it that has anything. It's, it's like a one of the only things. Now, here's the problem. I heard about this one day. I was like, oh, let me go check this out. I'll try it. And I pull up. I order it. And they're like, all right, that'll be about 15 minutes. Just pull your car over or whatever. Because the, the, it wasn't open. You couldn't go inside and order. Okay. So you have to do it in the drive. So they make it fresh. That's beautiful. They're like 15 minutes. And I was like, 
okay, well, that kind of sucks. I mean, that like the whole point of having to go to a fast food place is because you're like in a hurry. You got to get somewhere. Like 15 minutes really doesn't work. Okay. So I went again and tried it like a couple weeks later, different location. They're like, yeah, 15 minutes. Go, go pull your car. Over. Oh, wow. So like it, it's always 15 minutes. Like they have to do it that way every time. Would you be okay if you could go inside? Yeah. Oh, yeah, like for it sure. It feels like a sit-down meal. Then you go inside, you bring your phone, and you work. Sure. That's easy. Um, 15 minutes, though. That's out of fast food window. It's rough. Yeah. It's rough. That's tough. Um, so I'm hoping, and I assume, that they're going to have these m- much more readily available when you pull what? up. Did you get the, the sandwiches are available. The blackened chicken sandwich is available in classic and spicy. I assume by the name it's spicy. It's a little spicy. You didn't get spicy though. I did. Did you get the classic or the spicy? I don't think there was an options. It was pretty spicy. It's available in two varieties, according to the story: classic and spicy, non-battered, non-breaded, all white fillet, fried up in proprietary blend of black uh, blackened seasoning on a buttery toasted brioche bun with two barrel cured pickles and mayo, but. Versus the classic, the mayo is classic mayo is swapped out mm. for a spicy mayo. Right, that's the sandwich. I'm saying the the fingers are not. It's just blackened blackened chicken. Oh, okay. Um, which is fairly spicy. It's not too bad. Three ninety nine for the sandwich. Well, good deal. The fingers are pricey, real pricey. Uh, they are higher with the fingers there. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't seem like chopping up a chicken breast into like three pieces should be that arduous a task and that expensive you wouldn't think so they popeye's gonna make their money too bro it's economy <laughs> trying to help out new orleans i don't by the way i think I they're owned think. by a company in canada yeah, now there's no chance so there's like there's no it's not a local there's, company there's no there's no one giant owner who opened a shop in uh in new orleans the they, they, they sold, shop. they sold it a long time ago yeah. yeah i don't i don't think yeah i don't think they so you were on this there. before the stories even came out absolutely good for you why didn't you tell us about it? 15 minutes. I don't, I'm not going to suggest anybody go sit there and wait in their car for 15 minutes. Uh, hashtag Will Ari Eat It. Blackened chicken fingers, blackened chicken sandwich. I think yes. Dramatic pause. Can I get it without the mayo and without the pickle? Oh, no. It's the close pickle. enough. It's really the, the mayo. I don't, care about, I don't care about the pickle. It's the mayo. And I would like to add, I hate when something is spicy a spicy version, and they don't actually make it spicy. They just throw some nasty spicy mayo on it. Well, I had no idea. Well, that. I had no idea you like spicy. You don't I, I eat can, anything. You'll go, do spicy. I mean, I have like very low tolerance to it, so you know, like like angels see me uh, one day. We got a I got a three at a Thai restaurant, and it was bad. I was sweating. So yeah, I don't do too well. I try, but wait, was that a three out of five? No, three out of ten. It's ten. It was, oh my god! I don't god. know what was going on. I've never yes. been to a place where it's a ten. It's always a five. It was. This is a weird occasion. But anyway, what kind of Thai I, place are you going to? Well, I knew that Ari wasn't getting a three out of in, ten. In now three. Was, got a five. Three I mean. out of five. You're yeah. You're walking yeah. a fine line. I thought it would be a three out of thirty for Ari. <laughs> That's what I, I should have done a one. You're right. I learned my lesson. Damn. Yeah, I'll, I'll experiment though on some spicy stuff. It's just can be tricky for me. But no mail, please, on anything in life. We're gonna we're, tomorrow. We're gonna try to catch up with Mark McMillan, our football insider. And I saw that he put a picture up the other day. So we continue with the fat pack here for a second. Um, he put up some uh, some awesome fried chicken that he'd made, 
and there were pickles on the side, and I saw you <laughs> jumped right on that. Yeah. Like that he had special pickles, and you're like, they're on the side, yeah! Yep, just for me. I didn't even have to ask for anything special. He just presents the meal the way it's supposed to be, and you just it's eat not, it. It's not, well, with, with, with a chicken breast, yes, you're not, and you're not, you're not going to freaking pose the chicken with pickles all over it. Sure. On a sandwich, We believe me, folks who didn't listen to the week of Armageddon where Ari kept arguing that pickles on the side are the right thing for burgers, and, we're, and, and like so many people are getting mad at you. Well, pickles, are, pickles on the side are the right thing, but also on. I think you go you go pickle spear on the side with the pickle chips on the top. No, he wants the chips on the side. That's ridiculous. No one because no most people don't put a whole spear or like a whole pickle. Like if you go to a deli, yeah, they're gonna have they have a little bowl of pickles. But pickle chips on the side? No, chips on top, spear on the side. And then I forget who was asking him. They're like, do you? Uh, it might have been Bischoff. Was like, do you take a bite of the sandwich and then throw a pickle in there and try to blend them together in your mouth to get the taste all together? <laughs> And I'm sure the answer was a no. Definitely not. I, I think Ari is one of those that probably doesn't mix tastes. Yeah, what do you, are you up, do you break down the plate? No, it's not that serious. Do you mix anything on the plate? I, I think I explained this last time. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with like the pickle entering my mouth at the same time as other stuff. That's fine. Um, but I like to have control over that. So. That just Why got real creepy. That got real creepy. I don't know what you're talking about anymore. I like to eat the pickles when about, I damn well please. Is this what still is, about sandwiches? Wow. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. It's Cofield and Company's Eye on Sports Betting. We bring in Tony Miller downtown, Golden Nugget, on this Thursday. Tony, what's going on? Hey, Steve. What's up, buddy? How you been? Not much. Just watching the Yankees uh, getting lit up. Well, actually, they took a one nothing lead in the second game, but they got destroyed in the first. Don't we all love the seven-inning doubleheaders? Oh, man. It's unbelievable. I'm still trying to get used to it. but And explain to the customers, you know, why the game's over after seven, because <laughs> they still don't understand. Really? Do people come up and complain? Seriously, that happens? Oh, man, yeah. They just don't understand the new rules yet, you know, especially when it comes to doubleheaders and seven innings and whatnot. Tony, you're an old-school baseball guy. You know, we know you hate the launch angle. We know you hate the shift. Uh, Do you love baseball so much that you would select Cashman as the place in Vegas where the A's could land? What do you think? (laughs) Wow. First I've heard that, but, uh, no, I will not accept that. No, um, <laughs> well, here's a, here's the deal. The a, the A's have been in town the last couple of days. They've been meeting with different folks, so they were closing things out today by meeting with the Henderson officials. They met with uh, City of Las Vegas officials, and I I don't know officially that that's where Mayor Goodman's pitching. I assume it's Cashman. If you were gonna if you were gonna build a stadium here in town, um, where would you build it? Like, what's the best place? And you know, and, and try to be objective. Like, not you know, because you live up north. Uh, you know, Adam lives down south. Obviously, everyone's like, "Yeah, build it near me." What do you think is the best spot around town to build a baseball stadium if the A's were coming? Well, I mean, with T-Mobile and the Knights and the Legion with the Raiders, I mean, the Strip does make a lot of sense. Uh, but you know, if you're going to go on the outskirts of town, you know, what is wrong with that Henderson area and all that space they have out there? I got no problem driving out there as far as the local goes or whatnot. Uh, but yeah, I think the Strip it makes more sense than downtown. I just don't think downtown's a great area. Hey, go visit Tony you're, Miller downtown. You're, you're, you're downtown. Wouldn't it, wouldn't it be great? 
Uh, like well, the no. soccer team to have thousands and thousands of fans hanging out on Fremont and then walking right up LV Boulevard, hopefully safely, uh, to a baseball stadium? Oh, yeah, don't get me wrong. I, I, you know, I mean, as far as downtown goes and bring the crowd downtown for the Fremont Street and everything, that's great. I'm talking as a local person who go to a lot of games. And, uh, right. you know, I just think, you know, there's other places that, you know, more convenient for parking and, 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 and you know, more things around me. And, uh, you know, Cashman is just, you know, I don't know. I just I don't think it's an ideal place. Uh, just for me. A practical you know, perspective. By the way, I like that we bring on Tony and just start yelling at him. Uh, like, like it's his opinion. You're right, Tony. I, I mean, I agree. Ca- Cashman is a ma- would be a massive overhaul, and it's not just it's not just building a stadium there. You've really got to overhaul like three or four blocks to make it to make it nicer and you know make it palatable. Yeah, but I just think from a practical perspective, Tony, like, would if there was a stadium at Cashman, and I know you've already said that you don't want it there, but if it was there. How much impact do you think it would have on handle? Like for you being downtown, like how many people do you think would legitimately bet and like walk to a game or go to a game? Walk to a game, I'm not so sure about, especially in the summer months of Vegas with baseball and whatnot. But yeah, man, I mean, you know, of course it's going to help us downtown as far as people, you know, as, as to stay downtown, be closer to the stadium for three game series and whatnot like that. But yeah, it's going to bring you know a lot of business downtown for sure, and that's great as far as the business part of it. But me being a local fan, I, man, I, I don't know. I just think there's more convenient places to get to. Uh, well, it's it's convenient at times to get to T-Mobile Arena. It's going to see a game seven tomorrow for the first time. Uh, before we get into maybe some of the numbers and what to look for there, what do you think is happening with the Golden Knights right now? Oh, buddy, I mean, you know, I when, when they lost that first game and and the two games ago when they outshot the. The wild, I was it like twenty-two to one in the second period, and they did not score. And I just said to myself, "Man, this is not—it's not, not going to be good." And, and and it hasn't. I mean, they—they—they they, they just don't look like the same team they did during the season. They're coming from behind quite a bit. And as a fan watching, I'm always rooting for them to catch up, tie, and take the lead. Like last night, I mean, they had to catch up. They got a goal, and they got the goal taken away. And next, you know, they're down two nothing. And it's—I don't know what's going on with the offense, but. I don't know, man. That just it, it, it just doesn't seem like the same team to me. I, I can't pinpoint it. I don't know. Flurry's playing great, but they're just not scoring the goals when they have to. They're getting a lot of shots, but nothing's going in. He was playing great. Uh, game five, not too good. Game six, not really on him. But, uh, you know, three, go- three goals, back-to-back games. Again, not all on him. But, uh, you know, when the other guy is putting up shutouts, you gotta, uh, you, you've got to be able to step up and match that. And, uh, the Golden Knights weren't able to do that. Again, the first goal, definitely not on Flurry yesterday, though. Uh, what are we seeing for a number, and how does it compare with where the numbers have been earlier in the series in the games at T-Mobile? As, as far as the handle goes? Uh, no, what, like what's the what's the number going to be? And, and you know, I guess we'll, we'll talk about handle, but, uh, like, compared to what game three or, or excuse me, game uh, one or two or five were, uh, are we seeing about the same number in terms of Golden Knights as the favorite, or is it ticked down a little bit? Yeah, it, no, it, I'm getting money. Downtown, Adam, I get a lot of Minnesota play anyway. So I get a lot of Minnesota clientele coming in. So I shade the number, you know, down a little bit because I know they're going to play Minnesota with me. I get some local play on my mobile app from the locals, but I get a lot, a lot of wild money down there. So, um, you know, we, we tend to shade it a little low whenever the nice play against Minnesota. Tony Miller is with us. Did you guys get hit for any of those tickets on uh, Phil? At the PGA, I have three tickets at two hundred to one, and a couple more at one hundred and fifty-one, and a few at a hundred. Yeah, we got hit, but we didn't lose a whole lot to it. 
Nothing real big? Nothing real big. I think my biggest bet was 50 bucks at 200 to 1. Oh, well, that's, that's a pretty good payday. Um, do you anticipate getting, you know, 25, you know, 50 of these tickets now every tournament now that people have seen it where people are going to be like, hey, golf, let me get that lottery ticket? Hey, you know, that happens on the majors anyway. They bet these these long shots. They shoot BBs at the moon on, on all those guys. <laughs> Bill Mickelson happens to be a public favorite, and they play him no matter where he plays. His odds for the U.S. Open right now with me are 50 to 1. There's no way he should be 50 to 1. He should be up around... 150, 200 to 1 is true odds, but they're going to play him, and they're going to keep playing him no matter how low we go. Are you getting any Suns money on the game tonight against the Lakers? Are you getting any Suns money for the series? I mean, the series is well over minus 300 with the Lakers favored. Going back and forth because we are a Laker house. We get a lot of Laker play, but the Suns are the Cinderella team in the West. Everybody would love to see the Suns advance. So there's a lot of heartfelt money going on the Suns, but a lot of public L.A. money going to the Lakers. So I got two-way action. All right, what's the latest update on the, the contest? First of all, mention the price because, uh, you know, it's a little more affordable than some of the other contests, and it also doesn't draw, you know, four or 5,000 people. What's going on with the Nugget football contest? Yeah, we opened up two weeks ago, Steve. We got three entries right now. I'm, I'm, you know, I didn't expect any this early, but I'm going to open it up for people that do come into town and like to sign up. It's a $1,000 entry. You're allowed to have three entries, seven picks a week, and you combine college and pro picks. And, uh, you know, and you're right. You know, this contest that I have doesn't draw the thousands of thousands of entries. I think the highest I've ever had was close to 300 entries. I expect more this year because it is getting more popular. And, uh, but still, even if there were 500 entries, you've got a lot better chance of hitting with only 500 people in the contest when we pay the top 20 spots. Did you see, speaking of football in the NFL, did you see the offshore odds on first coach to be fired in the NFL yeah. next season? That McCarthy is leading the way at plus 750. Like, he's barely had a chance to work with Dak. And, he, come on, that he's not he's not getting fired this year, is he? He is not. And the reason I say that is because he has too many, uh, I want to say, people that were close to him from past teams, uh, especially the Packers, that are on the staff right now. In fact, they just picked up a uh, next Giants coach who worked with McCarthy before, and uh, he's got a lot of friends on that team. I think I think Jerry, no matter how bad they do this year, underachieve, they're going to keep him through this year. Now next year is going to be a different year, but no way he's going to be fired during the season. No chance. Tony, where are we in Vegas and Nevada in terms of trying to book these? Hey, so and so will play his first game this season for this team. You know, Aaron Rodgers' first game of 2021. Packers, Broncos, Raiders. Where are we on that? I think we can do that. Um, okay. You know, I, I think if we applied with GCB, they would approve that because that's something that happens on the field. It's not voted on. It's not, you know, in office backdoor stuff, you know. So, yeah, that can definitely happen. And, and I bet you if I applied to book that, they would let me do that because that happens on the field of play. And I don't see anything wrong with that. Are you guys booking the Floyd Mayweather exhibition? We will. We don't have oh, really? right now. Oh, yeah. I I. I I, we're going to put that up. We're, it's just like the golf match between, you know, Phil and Rogers and, and you know, DeChambeau and whatnot. Yeah, I'm looking to book it. Why not? People are interested, especially after the last Logan fight. And, uh, you know, I, I, I'm definitely going to put it up. It's handled. They're better. It's Floyd and Logan Paul. It's an exhibition. I saw offshore odds of Floyd minus 1,200. If you posted 1,200 here in town, wouldn't you get annihilated? Wouldn't you get big bet? I mean, you'd have to cap the bet. I mean, I think you would get a lot of action on Floyd, no? 
uh, you know, the smart money would definitely probably be on Floyd, but, you know, the younger crowd's in love with these two brothers, and then, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if I got a ton of money on, on Oh, the, my God. Man, wouldn't the that be great? Love them, the, the young dudes love them, the USC crowd loves them, and, uh, you know, but the smart money would definitely be on Floyd. So what's going on with you? Are you uh, are you in town this uh, coming weekend? I hear you're doing like this uh, speaking tour. You're bouncing around the country and going to speak on sports gambling. <laughs> I did one panel with Rice University a couple of weeks ago, and things kind of took off. And now I'm going to be traveling to Connecticut to speak at West Haven College to talk to a group of students there, and it's pretty cool. And uh, I like doing it, and uh, hopefully I can do that a lot more if people want me. So yeah, but no, this weekend I'm in town. I'm going to be barbecuing. I'm going to be drinking some beer and watching games. Nice. Uh, who else was on the panel at Rice? Oh, man, there were some uh, young standouts, some graduates from Stanford and from Yale, and there's this old-timer and me, and, uh, you know, they're talking analytics and stuff like that and all these uh, spreads and stat sheets, and uh, not me, man. I just let loose with all my old-time stories, and the crowd loved it. So I was going to say, did, uh, they have, did they have a Q&A? Were they asking the nerds the questions, or you? Oh, buddy, they had a Q&A, and it was just like, man, I was pounded with with uh, questions about the old days in Vegas and what it was like and the differences and how things have changed. And that's all the kids wanted to hear about was the old days. Nice. Uh, Tony Miller's with us. we got to close on this. What uh, We know that entertainment's returning downtown at several venues. So what are you guys doing with 52 Fridays? Are things going to be opening up? I heard Gordy Brown's playing. Yeah, Gordy Brown's playing on Friday and Saturday nights in our showroom. But, yeah, you're right. we got the concerts coming back. We got Ambrosia coming in, Sweets coming in, Gary Puckett, Union Gaps coming in, Starship coming in, Grand Funk Railroad, Leaderport. We all tons of them, buddy. Let me know when you want to go. Uh, believe me, I'm in for several of those. I also saw that I think June 5th next week, uh, you have, you guys start some kind of series. It's the same band every time, but like Honky Tonk at the Tank outside. Oh, yeah. Let's do it. Yeah, man. The, the Tank is happening, man. The Tank's a, a fun place to be, and we've got some bands out there, and uh, it's rock and rolling, man. And, uh, now things are let loose a little bit, and we can spread our wings and get closer together. It's going to be fun. All right, Tony. Hope you're doing well. Thank you. Thanks, buddy. There he is, Tony Miller, Golden Nugget. Five o'clock hours on the way. We'll get the latest update on what's going on with the Golden Knights and more players on the COVID list, which means probably more players can't play tomorrow in that pivotal Game 7. With 77-cent Bud Light bottles, Golden Knights hockey game nights are great at Silver 7's Hotel and Casino.